Dr. Michelotti of Helena Orthopedic Clinic grew up in Butte. My next door neighbor in Butte was the trainer for Butte High School. And so pretty much from third grade on, I was in the Butte High training room and that had a lot of influence on me. We get to care for people with everything from ankle fractures to hip fractures in older folks, elbow fractures or injuries in little kids. Most people come to you with a problem that most of the time we can fix. Hopefully we've made their lives a little bit better. Helena Orthopedic Clinic, now taking appointments at their new location in Butte. Hi, I'm Mark Barbanen. On February 8, 2008, I accepted Mariah's Challenge. And here's what Mariah's Challenge means to me. It means not just saying no to drinking and driving, but for me personally, it meant saying no to alcohol altogether. I wanted to set a better example for my kids and my grandkids to show them that adults could have fun too without alcohol being involved. But it also means having the courage to look myself in the mirror and make a change. It means being the best person I can possibly be for myself and my family. It means growing old and helping others do the same. I'm Mark Parvernan, and I accept Mariah's challenge. I hope you can join me and show that you, too, are Butte Tough. Thank you. Today's podcast is presented by Thriftway Superstops. Stop by your neighborhood Thriftway today and find a clean, friendly, professional, and safe environment. You will never find a casino at Thriftway. Thriftway's fountain drinks also taste just like they are supposed to. That is a big deal for me, and I definitely cannot say that about other convenience stores. Download the TLC app, and every sixth fountain drink is free. You can also take advantage of big discounts on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, and fresh brewed coffee. TLC members also receive five cents off every gallon of top-tier fuel each and every day. Stop by your neighborhood Thriftway today because everybody deserves some TLC. Thriftway Super Stops is a proud sponsor of the Buttecast. Now... Let's get the show started. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte, America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Woo-hoo! Now, here's my dad. It is a voice that anyone my age has known for decades. Before she was Robin Jordan, she was Robin Taylor, the smooth-sounding DJ for different radio stations in the Mining City. My memories mostly stem from her years at Y95, which later became KMBR. She was a true professional with a sound that was good enough for any market. She was nicknamed the Robinator by a co-worker who liked the making copies bit on Saturday Night Live. While Robin hasn't been on the airwaves for many years, she is still very much part of the community. She is a writer and editor for the Butte Weekly, a newspaper that, among other things, keeps a keen eye on the local government. Yesterday, I met with Robin at the Coach's Corner at the Metal Sports Bar and Grill for a great conversation. Listen in as Robin talks about growing up the daughter of an English teacher and a music teacher and how she incorporated so much from both of them in her career. Listen as she talks about why she went into radio in the first place. Listen to hear some stories about the many great characters she worked with over the years. Shag Miller, Ron Davis, Connie Kinney, Arch Eckert, and Rick Foote, just to name a few. Listen in to hear that she still has that smooth-sounding voice. 
Thank you to the many people who have offered up guest suggestions for the podcast. I am trying to get to all of them. If there's someone you'd like to hear from, drop me a line at full74 at gmail.com. Also, thank you to our sponsors for bringing us these fun conversations. Be sure to tell them thank you and tell them you heard them on the Buttecast. Now, let's catch up with an iconic voice of Butte America, the Robinator, Robin Jordan. It is so great to sit down and, and talk with you because you're, you have one of those voices that I've heard my entire life. <laughs> well, are, you know, well, I hope that's a good thing. Yeah, well, not quite my entire life, but for a long time because you were Robin Taylor from Y95. That's right. Well, and, and, and uh, several other radio stations before that. Yeah. And, uh, well, you were there for quite a while between Y95, which, which turned into KMBR. Y95 turned into KMBR, so I'm trying to think when I went over to Y95. I think that was in the early 90s, and uh, I was working graveyards, and then um, the afternoon shift came open, so... I was on, I think I was maybe a total of 17 years between Y95 and KMBR. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember, I do remember listening late at night, the graveyard did shift, and then I remember being, I remember driving to Delmo Lake one time, and we took the long way. We didn't turn at Pipestone. We ended up, or at Homestake, we went down to Pipestone and went up the oh, long way. The long way, And I was way, like, yeah. man, where the hell is this place? <laughs> kept driving, and you kept coming on and <laughs> talking and talking <laughs> and talking. So it was, uh, I, think I, I think I spent the entire shift with you that day. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Now, you, um, you, you got into radio at a pretty young age because you were worked at, after Butte High, you were in KMSM for a little bit, right? Yeah, I was uh, going to Montana Tech, and um, my, my girlfriend said, well, oh, there's lots of cute guys up at the radio station. We ought to go. <laughs> volunteer so we both went up and volunteered for KMS and, and then shortly after that we heard that uh, KBOW was looking for some part-time people to work on the weekends to run the ball games yeah you know you run the board for the ball games and yeah. that's lots of fun you know I, yeah. I got a lot of homework done during the games oh did you got to listen to Fraser McDonald a lot oh yeah 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 uh, Paul Panisco tells a, a horror story about uh, the first time he did a game with Fraser McDonald when they went to <laughs> halftime said we'll be back after this 20 minute break 20 minute break <laughs> so Paul had, he didn't realize that he was just going to do you know he thought because you just play two, minute two minute commercial and they go to a halftime show but apparently Frazier uh, went to the tailgate as well during the halftime you know uh -oh. enjoyed himself so <laughs> you had to be careful with Frazier when he said he was going to go to a two minute timeout you better be right on that board because sometimes his comments on Mike, we're a little bit. Uh, oh, really? A little, little, little shady. <laughs> you never talk. You never talk with uh, open mic, is what they always say. Right? No, exactly. But yeah, you he, treat every mic as if it's open every too. Every mic it's like is, <laughs> is open. So yeah. we we had a couple things slip on my shift, and and I heard about it. So. Did you? So you worked for Shag then? Yeah, I worked for Shag Miller, and uh, he he and Gus were just wonderful people. They used to have us all up to their Christmas party up at their house on the west side, and. It was, yeah. you know, it was just a big happy family. And then Shag had a reunion, oh, probably 10 years ago. And uh, it was fun to see everybody again. You know, <coughs> you don't think about how many people yeah. you've worked with over the years, but oh my God, you know, between all the radio stations. Because yeah. I worked for KBOW and Copper and 
um, worked for KXLF radio back in the day yeah. for a short time. I, I don't think I was there more than a year before that got bought by uh, uh, KXTL. Yeah. So it was... Um, oh, is that what that is? So KXTL? Yeah, now KXTL was, was, KXLF. was KXLF. And that, that was kind of a funny deal because back in those days, they used to sign off when the sun went down. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a few years ago. They signed off when the sun went down. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those things. <laughs> AM station, and I guess it interfered with a, another yeah. clear clear channel station or something. Yeah. So. And it's funny that you got into radio because your friend thought there'd be yeah, some cute, cute boys up there. Yeah, my friend thought there'd be some cute boys up there. Were there some cute boys up there? There actually were, but <laughs> it, there were a lot more just, just crazy friends that got into a, a whole group of folks up there yeah. at tech that i probably wouldn't have met if i hadn't gotten into radio so yeah. did you you fun. went to the university of montana after that right yeah after i went to tech for three years i decided no nah, i'm gonna i'm gonna stick with broadcasting so i yeah. transferred over to the u of m and graduated there in 1981 yeah so did you work at the radio station there did they have one then they they had a um the college radio yeah. station and we for part of our credit we had to work and They'd put us on the overnights, so um, lots of lots of jazz, lots of Miles Davis and stuff like oh, that, really? and a few naps in between. <laughs> <laughs> and this was back when, of course, I, I ran the radio board at KBOW a handful of times. Usually when I was working with Panisco, I was just sitting at the desk across from him. Right. You know, just goofing off and, and stuttering <laughs> through the news. But... Uh, Running because you you had you're actually running spin turntables. We actually in, right? had turntables yeah. back in the day, yeah. Yeah, and your cards. See, see now everything I played. Well, except for we had some turntables that we would play from time to time. So we'd go back for a classics hour, you know. Go find yourself an old record or yeah. something, yeah. But for the most part, everything was just on a computer. You're yeah. Just, you're just hitting a button. It's just like running this board that I got. And it was the toughest part for me was trying to get it because at kbow they're like most stations i guess but kbow they had such a strict schedule you mm -hmm. know the the egg reports at this time the the news at this time top of the hour bottom of the hour and everything you know so right. you had to hit that just right which and you'd see that counting down you had the back time yeah and and trying to do the math as it's moving mm -hmm. <laughs> was never all that easy for me i'm trying to figure <laughs> it out i used i would get i would get roughly close to it, but there there'd be a few times when i'd have to stall for a minute and a half because i didn't do the time right and i just talk about something yeah, that's always good. fun. <laughs> that's all. Phil time was on board that yeah. day. That's that, what yeah. we used to call that. Yeah, that that was always fun though. It was such a there was a lot to do in the mornings between getting the the weather report recorded, you know, because we had our meteorologist call in. Sure. And I uh, had to go do all that stuff. So I and I know I would do it like once every six months. So whenever Paul was going, because Paul didn't take time days off very often, so no, I would have to fill he's in. He's a hard worker, but yeah. once in a while, even Paul needed a day off. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, usually because it was yeah, it was at a concert the night before, and it was too far to drive uh -huh. back that night. Yeah. So. I would be kind of in a panic, but I think it'd be kind of fun just to sit back and do like an afternoon or evening shift, probably a little more laid back it's, than the regiment of morning. It's it's a little more laid back than morning, but uh, most of the bosses I had over the years kind of got us into, well, you got to have some features, you got to do some news, you know, so I'd get like the, the local music who was playing at yeah. the bars and who had dinner specials and things like that. So we'd come yeah. up with different little features to have that they could, that the, the salespeople could sell. Cause there's yeah. all, they're like, well, I can't just sell time on your show. I, I need like a feature to sell so that so-and-so's can have his ad yeah. at the same time every day. Yeah. So, yeah, you just know, playing they, commercials and just they, the they make you do a few of those things and we still had to read the news and yeah. 
that's all fun. Yeah, the, the news was uh, never my strong point. I got better as I went on, but I was like Stutter and John the first couple, well, probably the first couple of years. <laughs> well, you you got to pre-read your news, that's for sure. Yeah, you got to pre-read it, and I of course I even still I've, I've never been uh, great at reading out loud. You know, I can read fine. But I, I remember after I was trying to read the news for KBOW, I took a a, a test online, like a, a dyslexia test. Oh. And it just said, you might want to get checked out. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? But it was, it didn't say I was dyslexic or anything, but it was right in that area Dys- where... It might be, might be a little borderline Borderline. Or so, and it doesn't come into play when I'm reading. You know, I can read pretty fast. I read a yeah. book and no problem or articles and I you know I digested pretty well but when I try to read out loud when even you the try stuff to I read own, out loud it's kind of a different yeah. thing like even for my, my bonus podcast I read my column that I write each week and I read yeah. that out loud. and it it you know it, it takes when it's all done it's like seven eight minutes but uh-huh. it takes me about 14 minutes to read and I have to go back and edit <laughs> even the stuff I wrote myself yeah well I believe it I, I read stuff to myself out loud sometimes yeah. to to do the same thing yeah so but it cuts back on my typos I yeah. notice but when I'm reading it out loud, and I go, oh, I better fix that one. <laughs> because exactly. you, find them, you find them when you read out loud. You'll find them if you read out loud, or you'll see something that you, you misspelled or used the wrong there or yeah. something like that. Yeah, Yeah, and I, get, I catch myself doing that a lot. <laughs> but were you in the band in high school? In the band? No, I was in the orchestra. I, oh. I actually played several different instruments. When I was in junior high, I, I took up the flute for some reason and ended up yeah. in the in the band so i got to sit out at the football games and try and play flute when your fingers are freezing cold your your lips are cold kind of hard your flute's out of tune because it's cold out there so i remember sitting out there watching the buffaloes play and tootling on the flute is that where you went you were a west buffalo oh yeah i was a west buffalo it's where where were you what school did you go to i went to webster garfield when i was in grade school because you grew up what was it placer street yeah placer street old family home i'm still there are you really my mom passed away this summer and so now i'm in the old old family home yeah well that's kind of nice though to be oh yeah it's it's fun it's some of the same neighbors are still there (laughs) unbelievably so there, I didn't. There was an orchestra at Butte High then. Yeah, there was an orchestra at Butte High. We had a big band and a big orchestra, and the orchestra we we went to the state music festival and uh, competed, you know, in individual uh, instrumental things. So really, it was it was pretty. It was a pretty big deal back then. Yeah, and it's too bad it's not now. I mean, we're, we struggle to get any kind of a band. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. The, and then of course, and the young musicians—they're doing good. There's—I yeah. know some young kids who are in that and who are taking guitar and some other instruments, and so there's there's still some music going on in Butte, and I know there's some folks pushing it. The folks from the Butte Symphony would really love for some young folks to be coming yeah. up. Yeah, it's too well. They got rid of music in the grade schools years ago. Yeah, so I remember my brother was in the the Blaine Mustangs band. Oh yeah, back in the day, and and there was no band by the time I was. In school, I think he was one of, right at the Taylor end of that, you know. No, at the very it's end of, one of those things that kind of gets cut on funding. But I don't know. I think it. I think it adds to folks' lives. And my yeah. mom was a music teacher, and up to the time that you know she was very elderly, we'd go out to lunch somewhere, and there'd be people who'd come up and they go, "I was in your chorus back oh, really? in 1957," you know, and and they still remembered her. That's so awesome. What it, was your mom's name? That was Faye Taylor. Faye, and your dad was Bob, yeah, she, right? Yeah, my dad was Bob. He was an English professor up at Tech. 
Oh, really? Yeah. But he, he started out at Butte High, and that's where he met my mom, who was Faye Buchholz, and she was the chorus teacher, and he was uh, teaching English and running the school newspaper and yearbook and stuff, and they, they met and fell in love right here in Butte, so... And your career kind of took a middle of the road with your parents then, right? Because you have, well, as a writer, as you a got writer, the English part yeah. and the music part yeah, kind of coming the, together. Yeah, the music with, with mom, so <laughs> yeah. kind of came together that way. But never, never really wanted to be a teacher. That's, that's, yeah. that's a hard way to go. Both my parents were, were teachers, and, yeah. you know, that's, it's tough. It, it is really tough. And they agonized for some of their students. And when they had a good student, you know, they're, they were thrilled about it, and some yeah. of those folks stayed friends with my parents for years really? after they had them, had them in school. Yeah, yeah, they, gotta t- they take that stuff home with them, though. If they got kids oh, that just won't yeah. learn or won't listen, they get kind of, yeah, they, that stays with you. You'd, you'd hear about it, you know, at the yeah. dinner table, you know, little, little Johnny was there today again, and, you know, yeah. he wasn't prepared, and he didn't look like he, he had a good breakfast today. And, you know, yeah. the, the parents worried about their, their students. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it's just such a, a tough profession to be it in, you know. Tough. Because, well, especially now. Back, back when we were in school, though, if we got in trouble at school, we didn't tell our parents because we didn't oh. want them to know. Now, My parents already knew because yeah. <laughs> having, having parents who are teachers, the, the teachers would call my parents if I was in trouble. Yeah. So I tried to keep my nose clean most of the time. Nowadays they call the, teacher, the, the students telling the teachers. Oh, gee. You know, it's just a different time, and they got to deal with so much, and they're not paid nearly enough to deal no, with all that. No, no. And, and the, there's, there's not the respect, you know. We, yeah. we just didn't. You know, didn't backtalk teachers, or I, I guess now they have a real problem with kids just getting up in the middle yeah. of class and leaving. And what do you do? Yeah, can't well, touch them. No, what too can many you lawsuits. Do? <laughs> yeah, back in the day, of course, I, I was. They never were really. I guess I got to paddle a couple times, but yeah. not, not not like my dad and my grandpa used to tell me at Central with the brothers. You know. Oh yeah. Where they would just get punched. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or yeah. Even at Butte High, you get smacked around a little bit back in the day. Yeah. But I can't imagine you being in much trouble. I, I wasn't. I was a pretty good kid. I liked school. You know, yeah. I, I loved writing and reading and loved my music class. So yeah. it's like I, I was no great shakes in math. They, uh, Mr. Mirfield told me one time I'd be lucky as an adult if I could balance my checkbook when I got <laughs> out of school. But I, I went on and I managed to, you could to still get a little better. I, I got through my college math, okay, so. Yeah, that's about all I yeah. did with math was to two. I took college algebra, college trig at Tech. Yeah. And then I knew I'd never have to take another math class in my life. Right. Which I would have taken more had I realized that I'd have to help my kids with math homework years well, later. Well, there you go. That's the problem. <laughs> now they, they bring home the math homework. I've, I've got... I'm on Google trying to figure <laughs> this crap out, you know? I've, I've got friends who's... Whose grandkids should, will will come and it's like, well, could you could you help so and so with her with her homework and I'll I'll go, well, let's see if I understand the problem because I don't know the new way to do it. I just know the old way <laughs> yeah. from back in the '60s. So, congratulations to this week's Lescavar Honda Athletes of the Week: Elks Hoop Shoot winners Hunter Boyle and Ellison Graham. The honors come after they topped all shooters at the November 4th Elks Hoop Shoot at the Maroon Activity Center. They will represent the Mining City at the district competition January 13th in Dillon. The 8-year-old Boyle takes home the Boys Award after leading all shooters by making 21 of 25 shots. He won the Boys 8-9 division title.
Boyle is a third grader at Butte Central. As a second grader, he played on a fourth grade team for the Team Up Top Basketball Club. Even though he was undersized and younger than his teammates and opponents, Boyle played with a fearless style. He could score from inside and out. Graham, who just turned 13 on Veterans Day, made 20 out of 25 shots to win the girls' 12-13 division. Graham is a 7th grader at East Middle School. Graham, who moved to Butte with her family a little more than a year ago, is also old hat to winning hoop shoots. She is now 5 for 5 in winning local competitions, shooting in Great Falls, and now Butte. In 2021, Graham placed 4th in the national competition in Chicago. Congratulations, Hunter and Ellison, and thank you, Lescovar Honda, for honoring the hardworking student-athletes of the Mining City. Hey Butte America, John Davis here at Lascavar Honda. With winter approaching and hunting season in full swing, now is the time to get into that all-wheel drive you've been dreaming about. We have one of the largest selections of new and pre-owned vehicles in the state. So with clearly marked prices, a non-commissioned sales staff, lifetime of free car washes, and voted number one in all of Butte, the choice is clear, Lascavar Honda home of the famous 20-year, 200,000-mile warranty. Visiting your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops was already your favorite stop of the day. Now, it is even better. Join the brand new Thriftway Loyalty Club to rack up big discounts, earn free stuff, and receive more TLC with every visit. Download the TLC app and take advantage of great deals on pizza, grab-and-go favorites, fresh-brewed coffee, cool fountain drinks, and much, much more at your neighborhood Thriftway Superstops. Loyalty Club members also save five cents per gallon off top-tier conical fuel every single day. Plus, earn points at the pump and in the store. Casa Grande Steakhouse serves steak and so much more. You cannot beat their seasoned, hand-cut Rocky Mountain ground beef. But did you know about their menu filled with made-to-order pastas, chicken sautés, mouth-watering seafood, appetizers, enticing desserts, or their most recent addition, sushi? Thursday nights are sushi nights at Casa Grandas, where you will be welcomed as a part of the family. Casa Grandas can also handle all your catering needs with style, class, and a taste that cannot be beat. Visit Casa Grandas Steakhouse inside the historic Bertoglio Warehouse at 801 South Utah Avenue in Uptown Butte. Call 406-723-4141 for reservations. Check out their menu at casagrandasteakhouse.com. Casa Grande Steakhouse, eat where the locals eat. Is your house too cold or is it too hot? Either way, Lockmer Sheet Metal is here to help. With more than 40 years of experience in the heating, ventilation, and air conditioning trade, Lockmer Sheet Metal strives to bring you quality service and knowledgeable work to help with your HVAC projects or needs. Lockmer Sheet Metal offers repair services for all forced air, central air systems, installation of new HVAC systems, service contracts for maintenance and service, all residential and commercial applications, fabrication of sheet metal for all types of projects, and ventilation and exhaust systems. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerSheetMetal.com to warm up or cool down with Lockmer Sheet Metal, your local dealer of train heating, cooling, air handling, and ventilation products. For all your home heating and cooling needs, remember Lockmer Sheet Metal. Well, you graduated, what, 77? I graduated in 77. Yeah. So then went, went up to Tech then that, that following fall. Yeah. So. You, you weren't an athlete in any, any way no, at all? No, the, about the most athletic I ever got was a little bit of tennis. I, I used oh, yeah. to roller skate around town. People talk about they remember me. Oh, really? Roller skating down on uh, Grand Avenue with my pink hair. 
Oh, you had pink yeah, hair? Yeah, I had pink hair back in the <laughs> 80s for a while. Yeah, that was a short-lived thing, but it was kind of fun. Now yeah. I see the kids with all the different colored hair, and I go, ha-ha, I beat you by like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize you had the pink hair. But... Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Do you have photos of, your, of the pink hair? I think I might have a photo or two left of that, yeah. yeah. So I was I, I was t- talking to my dad. I said color photos was like the worst thing for the 1970s. Oh gee, yeah. For the outfits that they wore. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I had to wear because I, I have a one family photo with the, got the polyester shirt, the butterfly polyester, collar. Yeah. You, know. you didn't have a leisure suit, did you? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, thank I, God. <laughs> no, no, I I, I just escaped that. You know. <laughs> well, that's good. But uh, of course, I was I was born in '74, so I only I don't really remember a whole lot of the '70s, just yeah. the very end. Yeah, just the very end. Yeah, so so uh, <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't too much of a '70s kid. But you grew. So you grew up uh, '70s, late '60s, early '70s. Late '60s, or, or, early '70s. Yeah. yeah. Did yeah. you like? Was that pretty? Did you so like that time? It was. It was a good time. We we, you know, we had a lot of fun as kids. They didn't. It. It's not like today. You know, if we ran off with the neighbor kids and we were riding bikes and doing stuff around town, you know, parents didn't worry as long as you showed up at meal times. Yeah. But nowadays, you know, you, you can't run the town like you used no. to. You know, you, you know those days. You yeah. ran around well, on the Well, if you let your kids do that, the child services Oh, yeah, child <laughs> services would get you for, for kids being out all day. Yeah. Did you have uh, platform shoes and uh, bell bottoms? Oh, bottom? yeah, I had platform shoes. I had bell <laughs> bottoms. All those fun styles. Yeah, yeah. I, I still remember those, those old bell bottom pants and... It's like, well, I'm glad I'm in mom jeans now. They're a lot more comfortable. Yeah. See, I grew up wearing bell bottoms, though, because oh. I remember the first time my mom bought me a pair of pants that weren't bell bottoms. Yeah. I'm like, this is, they look stupid. Oh, jeez. You know, you got to have bell bottoms. Yeah. You know, because everybody had the bell bottoms. Then. Yeah, that's true. I still don't understand the logic behind that. Where that, I, that I, don't, I don't quite know what, what the deal was with that, but the platform shoes, the, the gals liked them because they make your legs look nice and long and stuff, but they're hard to walk in. I yeah. tor- turned my ankle more than once in those darn things. <laughs> so, so did you think you'd be a rider when you graduated from high school since you liked riding so much? Well, that was something I considered. You know, when I was going to tech, I kind of got interested in, in some of the science classes, and I thought, well, maybe I'll be a technical writer. You know, I could, I could work yeah. for an engineering company and turn the engineers' gibberish into English and try and, you know, make it so they can sell it to the general public and stuff. Yeah. So that was kind of the direction I was heading. But then, you know, I just loved the radio. It was just so much fun. And fun people and I, I liked the, the work and the crazy hours and yeah. all that so that was the direction I end up, ended up going for yeah. a lot of years you know and then later in life the opportunity came up there at the Butte Weekly and so I went over there and worked with Rick Foote and that was that was a blast he I was bet. a character I bet now do you remember uh, was it Jester Hookbaster and the EPA Oh my gosh, uh, this was something back in high school. They, they came up with a new event for the speech um, meets, and it was yeah. called Original Interp. So you had to write a little story, and then you had to read it dramatically. Yeah. And I can't remember the story exactly. It was something about an old guy who he didn't want to leave his, his property, and the EPA wanted him to move off because they said it was toxic and yeah. stuff. And he it, he fought with this guy from the EPA until fi- I think he finally drove the EPA guy crazy, you know, because he yeah. just he just kept doing different <laughs> things to to mitigate his own situation. 
but uh, yeah, that was that was a yeah. fun thing. And, and you won first place for that. And I won first place for that. I remember standing on stage and just shaking. My knees were shaking because I had to go up there and get my medal. But yeah, that was a great honor. Yeah. And speech was a lot of fun. That was that was another great bunch of kids. And uh, Steve Reardon was our our teacher. What a great guy! He was guy. our coach and teacher, and yeah. what a wonderful person he was. Yeah. He could flip you over and throw you in the ground if he wanted to. Too. Yeah, he actually could, too. He's fantastic at judo. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of my friends were in his judo club. And, oh, really? And they, I had one boyfriend that used to flip me just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't think it was that much fun. Yeah. I, I never got it's into It's never as fun judo. for the flippy as it is no. for the flipper, right? No, it's, it's more fun for the flipper. <laughs> now, it's funny that you wrote about the EPA because the EPA wasn't like a big deal in Butte then, was it? Oh, uh, not not because, yet. Yeah, because it was still, the, the mines were the, still going. The mines were still going, and... Um, we we hadn't got the Superfund stuff yet. That kind of came in the early 80s that yeah. they first started finding, you know, the toxic materials down there by the pole plant and the butte reduction works in here, that area. And so that was like 1983. So when I was, I didn't know, when I was in high school, we didn't hear a whole lot yeah. about the EPA. So I think it's kind of funny that that was your story was about the EPA. Yeah. And then next thing you know, EPA is... Those three letters are part of our life it's for the next 40 years. It's just been part of our life for 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you were thinking of it even before that. <laughs> well, what? I was always interested in science. I, I can't remember why we, we were thinking about EPA then. Uh, there, there must have been something Love Canal must have been it. right around that Maybe time. Maybe it huh? was Love Canal or something that we were hearing a lot about EPA. Yeah, because th- I'm not sure exactly what year the EPA started, but I know Superfund was passed in December of 80. Mm-hmm. It was right after Reagan was elected and they had a lame duck session and Carter yeah. signed into a law. And I still wonder if they didn't do that, what we'd look like now. You've got to wonder. Yeah. I'd still have a yellow hill across the street from my, gra- you, my, from my yeah. parents' house. You know? Yeah, you would. Yeah. You would. And, and we still wouldn't have any trees on the hills. I, yeah. I, I still marvel at that sometimes when I look out my upstairs window and I, I think, you know, back when I was a kid, Looking out the window up toward um, the hill, there was no green at all. Now no. you can see that kind of clear demarcation where you got the mine, the mining yeah. stuff that they left, and then the part that's been reclaimed, and you know, like the mountain con and stuff. That area, I was so thrilled to see that park open. Yeah, it's really it's nice. Like, oh my gosh, you know, we, we're we're doing something good up here. Yeah, and well, the Big M has. And the big ham has trees. There were no trees when I was a kid. I think that might be related to Rome Polanc. Remember the old Stoffer chemical? It could have been. It could have been. Because it seems like that's about when the trees started coming, when that shut down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because that couldn't have been good for us, that stuff that was coming out of there. And I freak out every 4th of July when I, if I start to see fire up on the hill, I'm like, no, don't burn all our trees off the hill. So we love them. Yeah, it's great because, well, in the book, Mile High, Mile Deep, at the very end, the author says he looks up the hill and he says, you, you got one of us, you dirty rock bastard, but you're not getting me. You know, because that's what he referred to Butte as. I mean, because it was just, it must have not been much to look at when you're standing down on Harrison Avenue looking up back in the 1940s and 50s. Just no, it must, have, it must have been ugly, you know. Yeah. And then you had some, some folks who were trying hard to get things to grow. You know, I was just uh, reading today and thinking about the Columbia Gardens, you know, go, go to the Columbia Gardens or go out to Basin Creek to yeah. 
to get some some growing things in your life you know back around the turn of the century must have been not so fun to live around here yeah and that's what probably was one of the amazing things about the columbia gardens was the the gardens itself not just the rides yeah but that the amount of people the, they had working full-time to keep the gardens to, and the roses to try and, and everything keep roses and, yeah. and all of those other flowers growing it's yeah. a, it was an amazing feat and and it was so beautiful that was just yeah. an amazing place yeah, I, I'll take your word for it because it yeah. clo- closed in '73. I was born in '74. Closed April, so. before you were you were even around. But yeah. it it was an incredible place. That was that was so much fun. We kids we we didn't appreciate it the way that we should have. Cause really, you took it we, for granted. We kind of took it for granted. That was it was a wonderful place yeah. to go, and we'd look forward to it every week or so. You know, when when are the folks going to let us get up to the gardens? You know. Yeah. I'd love to go. And, that I saw that the, the one couple has the land up on the East Ridge, and they wanted to bring. There's a couple of years ago that story yeah. came out. I haven't seen much more about that. Have you heard anything else? I before? haven't heard anything new on that, but I sure would love to see something like that again. You know, yeah. you tell kids about it now, and and they're like, "Yeah, Butte never had anything like that." It's like, "Oh yeah, we did." Yeah, and now I feel bad for my kids because they they got to go hang out at Walmart or stuff. You oh. know, they, you know because. There's not much for kids to do except for go drink now. Yeah. You know, and, and it'd be nice to have something for them. Well, and, you know? and of course, it was only for the summer months, you know, yeah. that there was, there was really something to do up there. I guess at one time they must have had ice skating or something out there in the winter. I don't know. Well, didn't they have, like, the proms and stuff But they did too, have yeah? proms. My, my dad tells me about or yeah. told me about uh, when they had the proms. He, he took a, a young lady one time, I think it was senior prom, and she somehow turned her ankle and broke her ankle oh really he 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 didn't have the best prom ever but he (laughs) said it was an amazing place and and you know just so exciting to have your prom out there on the big dance floor rather than yeah the only in a gym somewhere the only view i got of that is when a couple years ago someone posted the episode route 66 that they filmed Uh, in butte yeah and it was the full episode is on youtube and it was put on facebook and i watched it and she was at the they were at dancing at the dancing Columbia, at the Gar- Columbia Gardens. Gardens it was a really silly episode but it was great to cool to see need some to see old Butte, some of know? the old Butte stuff though. yeah inside St. Lawrence Church and like the fence by the original used to be a big black wooden fence yeah the big black wooden fence yeah and you, see, you know because they stopped right by that it was pretty cool yeah. to, to see that just because those are the little things like that you forget because exactly. I remember I remember that fence but I, I do too you know but I I I, you know, I have no idea what year it took it out, and I don't remember it being taken out. It just all of a sudden it was gone. It was, it was just gone, but I'm so glad that we've got the original mine yard and some of these mine yards, you know, available to the public like that. Yeah, yeah, it is, the original is great. Yeah, it's like to wonderful. See that. I'd love to see the Kelly be the same way. I'd like you know, to see that. John McKee liked good. to do that, you know, have a stage there and, you know, clean all that up. That would be so yeah, amazing. Yeah, I've heard their plans. That would be wonderful. Yeah. I, I suppose that's, I don't know if I'm still going to be around for that one. But yeah, I don't know if we'll I'll hope. still be around for that one. <laughs> but we'll hope. The way things move kind of slow sometimes. We'll hope. Yeah, so, but you uh, you didn't just work in radio. You told me you worked in North Dakota oh, at a TV yeah. station. Oh, yeah. that right out of, right out of college? My first job after college, I, I got a job as a production assistant for a television station over in uh, Bismarck, uh, North 
it was it Bismarck? No, Dickinson. No. It's just the side of Bismarck. So in Dickinson, North Dakota. So this is right during that 80s oil boom. And it was a real odd experience moving from Butte, which is a real yeah. friendly, open place. And, you know, where are you from? Oh, well, great, you know. And then the, yeah. the next thing you know, they're talking to you like you're normal people. Over there, you'd say, well, I'm from Butte, Montana. And they go, oh, you must be oil trash. Yeah. So it, it was a little harder to fit in over there. And uh, the weather, you know, the wind blows The coldest the I've ever been, I it think, was so at cold. a Tech football game there 19 years ago when Tech oh, played boy. Dickinson in the playoffs. Oh, it was boy. cold. Yeah, and it, it was that, that winter I was there was really, really cold. I, I was rooming with a, with a sports guy, of all things. Yeah. The sports guy from the local newspaper had a trailer, and, and we were talking. I was complaining about this little apartment I was in, and he goes, well, you could come and share rent on my trailer. And I go, well, that sounds like it would work out pretty good. So, But we were out in this trailer, and the pipes froze one night no. oh we we had all sorts of adventures in in that in that neck of the woods yeah, but that is, that is not a fun adventure no that was pipes. not fun trying to unfreeze yeah. the, the trailer pipes <laughs> down underneath the trailer with the heat tape and stuff oh my goodness oh yeah that, yeah, just that was miserable. no fun and, and <laughs> my car wouldn't start half the time and i had to be to work and Oh, it drove me crazy. No, you were a production assistant. Is that what you said? Yeah. So you weren't on air. No, I. Well, I. I did. I did have to do one on air thing. I had to do a, a public, you know, public affairs show. Oh, really? Every week called Be Our Guest, and I, I had whatever guests were available in Dickinson, North Dakota. I remember like we had the uh, ladies from the Lalici League come in one time and. <laughs> Uh, one of our sales uh, gentlemen got very upset because the ladies were breastfeeding in his sales office. And <laughs> this this just really offended this this gentleman. Yeah. And then we, we had another episode where uh, we had one of the local meat cutters came in and gave a demonstration on making you know wild game sausage. So they, All kinds of things, they were yeah. fascinating. Oh, and then we had the uh, Saddle Bronc champion of the world who happened at that time to be from um, Dickinson, North yeah. Dakota. And he was the hardest interview I ever had. Cause no kidding. He, he only answered in one word to everything. Not really? Like, well, what was it, what was it like to, to <laughs> ride in Calgary this year? What, what was your horse like? Uh, he was tough. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, just right over here. Paul Panisco and I had an interview like that with Chuck Morrell the first time he was on the oh, Tech football coach, who's now the Washington <laughs> yeah. defensive coordinator. Yeah, but it was like we were coming up with all these questions, just firing back and forth, like yes, no, I don't know, yes, no, and, and just by the, and, didn't expand yeah. on anything. Yeah, and by the time he left, he, we we didn't even have to ask questions, and we filled <laughs> two hours with him. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it was he didn't know us. He was. But some of those interviews are really tough. Oh, sometimes it's tough, and you're 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 sitting there, and you're like, "Well, maybe we better go to a. It looks like we need to go to a commercial." I'd be talking back to the guy in yeah. the booth. I'd go, "Can you throw in a couple more PSAs? Because this guy <laughs> isn't gonna talk to me." Yeah. Hey everyone, John Wick here. You might recognize this buttery smooth voice from the episode 81 of the Buttecast. Along with my wife, Cassie, I want to take a second and thank everyone for supporting 5518 Designs, our store at 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte. For seven years now, we have made it our goal to celebrate who we are and what we enjoy about living in Butte and in Montana. At 5518, you'll find the latest in-house designed apparel and gifts that do just that. And they're all produced locally and finished in store. 
We also carry a wide variety of outdoor essentials from trusted brands like Chaco, Kavu, and Dakine. I invite you to stop in the next time you're shopping, eating, or even playing in historic Uptown Butte. 5518 Designs, 27 North Main Street in Uptown Butte, and online at shop5518.com. Are you looking for a place to host a special event or a party, or just looking for a drink served by the best mixologist in town? Look no further than 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino. Take a step back in time and enjoy some of our signature cocktails such as an Old Fashioned or a Pink Mate. Stop in for happy hour Monday through Thursday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. and 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. Friday and Saturday for $2 cans of your favorite beer or two for five seltzers or oil mixers. Or try one of our tap beers for just $5 along with weekly specialty cocktails. Located underneath the Miners Hotel, where Butte locals receive a 20% discount on rooms, 51 Below has live music every Friday night. So stop by 51 Below Speakeasy and Casino for a good time with good friends and great drinks. And don't forget to dial 5. You want to watch your favorite football team on Sunday, but it isn't on TV? No problem. Go to Metal Sports Bar and Grill and check out all the games. In addition to a full-service bar and a menu full of terrific entrees cooked to perfection, Metals also has the Sunday ticket. Kick back with some raised fingers, the best pizza in town, and a refreshing drink as you root on your team on one of 31 big screen TVs at Metals. Don't miss a moment of your favorite team with Metals Sports Bar and Grill, where the food is the star. Metals is open at 11 a.m. every Sunday during football season. There's no story so good that a drink from Park Street Liquors won't make it better. From the finest whiskeys and regional spirits to the latest RTDs and select wines, Park Street Liquors has all the ingredients to make your parties and stories legendary. Park Street Liquors can also assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menus. You name it and Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew at 133 West Park Street or call 406-782-6278. Make your stories legendary. Oh my gosh. I, I think the toughest interview I had uh, at the newspaper when I worked at the Standard is Erin uh, Popovich. Do you remember her? She was this dwarf her, swimmer. Man. Yeah. And, you know, she was in junior high school and, and she was an amazing swimmer then. Oh gosh. And yeah. I did a story on her and every question I asked her, she would just shrug her shoulders, put her hands up, like, you know, hmm, I don't know. She didn't and, know what to and say. And she didn't about even it. say that. So I told Bruce, I go, so that was the toughest interview. I told Bruce Saylor and Bruce said, well, it's tougher on the radio then. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's tougher on the radio because when people don't talk, then you yeah. sit there, it's like, mm, dead air. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you get the nerve. Some people get so nervous when oh, you're yeah. talking to them. Even like when I would interview them for the newspaper, not even recording it, just writing down. Some people just, just clam up down. and get nervous. So, yeah, or or they want to. The, the worst thing when you're taking notes and, and interviewing somebody. Well, I want to see what you wrote. It's like it, it isn't going to matter because the, the yeah. you wouldn't understand my notes anyway. Yeah, you know, that's all you need to be a pharmacist to understand my notes. I know that. <laughs> exactly. That's that's me when I'm sitting in a meeting or something, and and you write down all sorts of stuff. Just yeah. I, I always figure write as much as you can and try and go back and figure yeah. it out later. Yeah. So what year did you start in radio in, in Butte then full time after um, your your TV gig? After the TV gig, that would have been in 1982 i think at, at kvw so no that was a that was back at, at KXLF. Uh, kxlf so yeah. i was at kxlf and then they got bought by uh it at that time it was sunbrook 
um, Larry Roberts had the Sun Group, and he had Y95, and um, then he got KXTL. So, and then later, Carr came on board. That was, Carr came on about the time I went over and was working for Y95. And so then he had the three stations, so. Which station did you like working best at as far as music-wise? Music-wise, I I really enjoyed, well, I enjoyed all of them. I I got a kick out of, uh, at Copper, we had a dedication hour. So all the little kids would call in. And yeah. it was the same songs every night, but this was back <laughs> in the back in the early mid '80s. So it was, yeah. you know, back when Ma- Madonna and Prince and some of that stuff. So yeah, they they wanted uh, the Jenny Jenny song, and yeah. they they wanted you know Madonna like a virgin, and they wanted Weird Al Yankovic, and yeah. we're not gonna take it, you know, and dedicate it to all my teachers at school. <laughs> well, we used to call up to dedicate songs like that and then you'd, we'd sit home and record them and record it yeah. you know we'd record the show that way we had it because that was of course today you could just go to YouTube yeah, or go you could go YouTube to YouTube Apple whatever. Music whatever you got it right away sure back then you had to go down to budget tapes and records which uh, and before, before it was budget tapes and CDs right. Right. you know you had to go down there and, and get it and you didn't just get one song you bought the whole album you had to buy the whole album yeah, yeah. and I remember getting vinyl and uh, then tape the cassette tape was then a big deal. cassette tapes, yeah. Yeah, that was that was a big deal. So, so what kind of music do you listen to now? Oh, boy, it's it's a little bit of everything. I, I love to listen to um, the community radio station because they have such a wide variety. Oh, you it's never just, know what I never get. know what I'm going to hear. It yeah. could be anything from heavy metal to, to folk music to old 70s stuff that I haven't heard for a million years. Yeah. So. I enjoy listening to yeah. them. Sean Wetzel gets on there. I, I think, uh, I'm not sure what nights he's on. If he's on Sunday nights, maybe. I think Sundays. And he's yeah. he's he's goofy as they come. Oh yeah. One of my favorite people, but he plays some interesting stuff. Yeah, you hear. It's some... like you learn stuff too when you listen to him. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff on there. Yeah, and Pat Ryan plays a bunch of uh, just off the wall stuff too. You know, you know, like. Uh, really deep track stuff off people and 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 original songwriter stuff you know for some yeah. songs you know like you like poncho and lefty original song yeah songwriter I, stuff like that so it's pretty cool love some of that stuff yes and then you were uh, robin taylor till and then all of a sudden you changed your name you were robin jordan that was yeah, early I, 90s I got, 90s I got married in 1998 oh, it was a late 90s even. yeah okay. i remember when that changed yeah i was such a such a different deal to call you Robin Jordan from someone we knew for they, you know 18 Robin years Taylor as Robin forever, Taylor yeah yeah so it was weird because uh, oh, I guess I should have known it was pretty I, I remember going to comedy night when you were you were hosting comedy night when you were yeah. still Robin Taylor yeah you know? I I was hosting co- and then for several years after that yeah did did you like doing that that must have been fun oh that was a blast those comedians are really really fun people and most of them are really intelligent but I'll tell you, most of them are super, super insecure. It's, yeah. It's like they, they come back and they're like, oh, I didn't do near as well here as I did in Bozeman last night. Oh, I should have told this joke, you know. Uh, oh, really? And, and they're just a, a lot of real insecure people, but some very, very funny people. Yeah. And, and actually, you know, because they come back through about every six months, you'd see the same guys. Yeah. And, uh, did you have them on the radio? Kinda, yeah, and we interviewed them on the, on the radio on the, in the afternoon. The afternoon. Yeah. So you got to know them. Did you? So I, I anybody got to know some of these guys. Um, of all the people, Mitch 
Hedvig. You mean Hedberg? Hedberg. Hedberg. He was, he was he here, He was huh? here. He came here one, one time. I don't know how that happened. But he was, you know, by far the most off-the-wall yeah. person yeah. I had ever met. He was one of my he favorites, was, yeah. He was way, way out there. He was different. Then. He wasn't... Uh, but, any, you know, but you could tell it, he was like, no, he didn't seem like he was, you know, on drugs or anything. He was just, he had such an oddball way of looking at yeah. the world. Yeah, and I, I also I felt like when I was interviewing him, I felt like he was making fun of me the whole time. <laughs> but it's like no, just super super talented. Yeah, and I didn't realize he was here. I wonder if I always wonder who I saw at comedy night that went on and did things, and I just didn't remember. Yeah, because I, you know we, we I, were usually just drinking water else, when we were watching the comedy night, so you don't always remember everybody. Yeah, don't always remember. <laughs> But yeah, he was. Yeah, he died uh, a while back too. Yeah, but yeah. He was super talented. But yeah. he was super talented, super funny. But I remember he, he came on Letterman. I'm like, that's that same guy that came to comedy night a couple of yeah. years ago. Yeah, I saw up at Tech. They had a comedy night one time in the year I was going to Tech, so it was '93, '94. Mm-hmm. And uh, James, uh, well, I can't even think of his uh, guy who was in the King of Queens. Oh. He was. Uh, yeah. He was there. I remember making fun of Helena because it's like you know, how silly the roads are. It's like they just ran out of paint, so they started painting it yellow instead of white, you know. <laughs> and because uh, the roads just didn't make sense, he was talking and he was laughing about how they put dirt on the road. Yeah. You know, when it was because it was icy, they put, just put icy. dirt on it and I'll throw some sand on and, it. And uh, was it uh, Kevin James? That's what it is. Kevin James. And, and yeah. he said he was a beaut. He couldn't believe it was in, in this January. He's in beaut. And he oh. says, I can't believe you're in Montana. You stare at the sun and freeze to death. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was the one who, you know, ended up hitting big. He's the only one I really remember. Yeah. But I wish they'd bring that back somewhere. Oh, I, I wish they would. I, I thought it was a lot of fun. And, and once again, it's, you know, sure, it's a drinking activity, but it's a place for folks to go and, and yeah. people of different ages that, that might enjoy a laugh once in a while. Yeah. We all take ourselves way too seriously. Oh, yeah. Way too. And speaking of uh, not taking yourself too seriously, I, the nicknames that you guys had on the radio, because was Archman the first one, Arch Ecker? There, there was Archman, and and before that, it, before Arch even came here, I I ended up with the Robin. Were you Robinator before yeah. the Archman? Okay. Yeah, there was there was a salesman at Y95 named Dave Simpson, and he was really into Saturday Night Live, and so he he got into that. The, the guy making oh, the copies. and Oh, that's so where that came from, He'd huh? like, oh, the Robinator, she making the copies. <laughs> she getting a cup of coffee. The Robinator. So he started yeah. that. So then it just kind of stuck. Yeah, that, well, once you got called that one time, I think everybody... Yeah, once you it, get it, called that one time, that's, that's yeah. your nickname yeah. forever. Yeah, and the Arch, Archman. And the Archman, and oh, Le- my God. And Levin Man, that was, that was an original one of the ones. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just Levin was the last name, yeah. right? Dave he was, Levin. He's Dave Levin, yeah. They called him the Levin Man. Yeah, because <laughs> he, he was really into Dave Letterman, so I think he gave himself Levin Man. Oh, is that what it came from? Okay. Yeah, that he makes was a little really more sense. into Letterman. Yeah. Yeah, but Archman, I don't know. that Everybody just called him the Archman. Yeah. He yeah. reminded me always of the, the guy who sold uh, on The Simpsons, sold the comic books. Oh yeah, Arch. <laughs> but he was he was talented. You, you was must have worked with him for a long talented. time. He was super talented. Yeah, we worked together for a lot of years, and yeah. just a, a completely funny, off the wall guy. Yeah. You know, I remember one time we we had like um, out at the radio station, we had these sheetrock walls that they 
hadn't ever really finished. Yeah. And one night he decided to write down all of the salespeople who had come and gone over the last <laughs> five years. And he filled up like most of the wall. <laughs> oh, no kidding. No. <laughs> um, no, the powers that be did not think that was funny yeah. at all. But uh, he, he'd do crazy stuff like that. But talented, my God. He would play the piano, and he'd come up when, when my husband and I had uh, Julian's piano bar yeah. for a couple of years. And Archie would come up and play that piano, and my God. Just amazing. Just anything that you could think of, he could play. Yeah. He was amazing. He, and he was so fast-witted. You know, he did that <sighs> where he had the guy call in with... Uh, extreme weather and he you know cleater is something or other yeah, you know and, and he'd do both parts and you couldn't even yeah, tell and he'd have he'd have the phone he'd call in with the phone yeah calling the station on the phone and he's going from microphone to the telephone yeah back and forth and I, I watched that and i i think that it almost had to be a personality disorder to be able to pull it off that <laughs> you well gotta wonder <laughs> because, sometimes because he went so quick and and change to change the voice and talk and to each other. And his voice was so different when yeah. he do that. It was just amazing. Yeah, I don't know how. I mean, like the the guy with the puppets, uh, you know, uh, like a ventriloquist yeah, or something. Yeah, can yeah, you, uh, the big famous guy. Can't well, he's so famous I can't remember his name. But he's not that good at going huh? back and forth between the voices. And, and, no. And I I think Arch was uh, he was a guy that could have been so much bigger. Oh. You he know. was so talented, but yeah. boy, did he love his hockey. Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh. It kind of took him away. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, we lost the team, yeah, and when then he kind of left. He, he left. Yeah, that, that, was, that was his baby. His, yeah. his baby was Butte hockey. Yeah, I think if they would have kept that team the way it was, that Butte Irish team, mm-hmm. you know, at playing at the junior A level, I think, yeah. st- think he would have stayed here forever. He, he would have stayed here forever. I yeah. think he would have. Yeah, but uh, and and he loved playing with his band around here and stuff. Yeah, Venus too. Alley. Venus Alley. Which is a great name for a band. Too. Yeah, absolutely a great name for a butte band. Yeah, and they were so good. But uh, and you guys had that that piano bar, which was that was a unique thing for butte that too. That was kind of a unique thing. I I think maybe it was a an idea whose time hadn't come. You know. Yeah. But, oh well, you know we moved on. It's you only a nice had it for coffee. a couple of years, though, right? Yeah, it's a nice coffee house now. So. Yeah, I remember you could hear it from. Uh, when we opened the windows at the Montana Standard on the summer nights. Oh, yeah. You could always hear the, the piano music coming. Well, we had to have the doors open and stuff, too, because the <laughs> it was miserably hot in there in the summer, and we never figured out a way to put air conditioning in there. So, <laughs> it, yeah, you got, to, you got to hear the piano music whether you wanted to or not. Yeah. Were you still working at the radio station then when um, you owned that? For a short time, yeah. Yeah, and then, then I went over to uh, the Butte Weekly. Really? How come you made that move? Just um, had enough of the local radio just, scene? Yeah, just uh, time time to move on. Yeah, something new. Yeah, I guess yeah, I, I, I certainly new. get that. You want to you do something for so long. Yeah, exactly. change it up. And uh, so Rick Foote was there. Yeah. And, Rick, and Rick is a character. Oh, he was a character. Sure. He yeah, At first, I, I was kind of scared of him, but then I, I kind of <laughs> realized. I think we realized, all were every time we first yeah, met him. Yeah, I kind of I realized, you know, that beneath the gruff exterior, there was a, a really mean old man (laughs) no he was he was a lot of fun i i loved rick he he was a very very much a butte supporter and i remember when the big cause when i first started working there was he was lobbying real hard for the uh, butte archives to to get upgraded and 
you know, he was he was just tireless in in his editorials and going to meetings and bending people's ear about it because yeah. he really, really, truly believed we needed to have that archives to preserve our history. Yeah. So I'm glad he did. He, yeah, he was he was a good guy in in a lot of ways, and I don't think a lot of times folks thought, well, you know, all he does is talk negative, and he runs he runs down this, and he runs down this, mm. and he runs down this, but. You know, he's he, usually he, right, though. <laughs> but he he really loved Butte, and yeah. he he always wanted us to to get a fair shake and to get things as good as they could be, and uh, so you know more power put to him. He he was a great guy. Yeah, I never knew him that well. I just I talked to him a couple times at the KC, and yeah. he, and he didn't really. I don't think he wanted to talk to me too much then because I worked for the Standard. Right. And, that point in his life the standard was the enemy right and uh, i understand why you sure. know you know i, I kind of i kind of went through that phase in my life too you know because well, after they fired my my you know my friend and mentor bruce sailor for turning 60 right but, right you know so but, uh you know you, it's just like the rival radio stations we didn't hate the other yeah. djs yeah. you know it's it's you're you're all kind of in the same boat and management's management yeah. whether it's you know the newspaper or or radio or whatever. Yeah. Two great things about Rick Foote that I, I love about him was one that he, he, he turned down a pay raise so he wouldn't have to wear a tie when he was editor of the standard. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second, the second one was he had it in his will that there wouldn't be an obituary in the Montana standard. Right. Right. <laughs> Which but was you know awesome. what? Because of when he died, I had to run in and tear the paper apart on a Monday morning Oh, and, did, he died no, at worst time for deadline. And, and write, write an obituary and, and have everything ready to go by that night. So it was like, mm. oh, my God, you know. Yeah. Was he still working there when he died? or was? Yeah. He, yeah. he was working part-time. Yeah. Um, I, I was, like, assistant editor for, for a while under him, and then he decided he, he was going to go to part-time because his, his health was really yeah. deteriorating. And... Uh, but yeah, I got a call from uh, Norleen uh, Holt on on a Sunday afternoon. It's like, oh my God, you know, Rick Rick Foot has died, and she goes, well, you better be prepared to tear the part, paper apart tomorrow morning and be thinking about what we, you can get in an yeah. obituary. So it's like, oh dear. <laughs> and that's and that's a big it job a, putting the paper a together one. in the first place, then tearing it apart. Yeah. And doing it because. Uh, yeah, well, like when we used to be, I, I could go in when I worked at the Standard, you know, like on a holiday. Mm-hmm. I'd go in on Thanksgiving or, or Christmas Eve, and I'd have an eight-page section. And I, in two hours, I could just grab stuff from the AP wire. We'd have early deadlines. I could fill that section up, no problem, sure. right off the bat. But when you're doing the weekly, you don't have the Associated Press stories to go no. and grab. No, you're, exactly. You're, you're filling that. Exactly. I mean, most of the words that are in that are typed in by somebody Right, Local. exactly. So that, that's a big job to put the paper well, together we, in the first place. We are lucky, you know, and I, I don't have to make up the paper myself. I, um, Linda Anderson, who owns the, the paper, does that part. So she thank does the God court, for you, that. But you used to yeah, do that, right? I, I've, I've done it a few yeah. times. So yeah. Software is way too tough for me. Yeah, Cork Express is... Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, actually, that's one of the things I really miss about working in a newspaper is putting a paper together it's like putting that. putting it together like love, that getting a nice looking front page oh uh, you know kind of it was always a lot of fun yeah no i i gather up all the all of the the word documents you know everybody's stories and have to go through and 
try and check for for typos and yeah and, and i promise sure i give you a lot of the a lot of those typos every when i send it every saturday you actually don't bill you're pretty good <laughs> you, you write pretty clean and sometimes i leave some of your things because i go well that's the way we talk yeah that's how we talk in butte you know yeah. you don't want to change too much of that my english teachers never gave me that kind of benefit of the doubt. <laughs> no but i figure we're not a scholarly journal yeah. you know we're a we're a little weekly newspaper yeah. and so I used we kind of we kind of stick with our audience yeah. did, did Shop where the champions shop. Dig City Supply is now the official online retailer of Montana Tech Athletics, and you're home to everything or diggers. But that's just where we start. We've got Uptown's largest selection of Butte High and Butte Central apparel, as well as all the area elementary schools. And while you're in, be sure to check out our special line of gear that we call the Butte Icon Collection. We've partnered with some cherished Butte businesses and organizations to create some fun, nostalgic designs, celebrating all the awesomeness that we have right here in town. Wear your pride from Dig City Supply, the official online retailer of Montana Tech Athletics. Uptown Butte at 43 West Park Street and online at digcitysupply.com. Lone Peak Physical Therapy is your premier privately owned physical therapy, occupational therapy, certified hand therapy, pelvic health, and personal training facility located right here in beautiful Butte, Montana. With over 21 years of experience, our team here at Lone Peak is hyper-focused on you, your goals, and finding a way to help you get better faster. We provide one-on-one -on -one care with the highest quality specialized services. Are you tired of dealing with your low back pain, arthritis, carpal tunnel, neck pain, headaches, and shoulder pain? Did you just have a recent surgery? Do you struggle with feeling off balance or do you get dizzy during your day? How about a custom splint built for your hand and wrist? Did you recently have a baby and now your body feels tremendously foreign to you? Look no further. We are here for you and ready to help you move better and feel better every step of the way. You do not need a doctor's referral to come in and see us. We accept health insurance and also offer comprehensive self-pay options. Don't settle for mediocre health care. Your journey to living better and getting back to doing what you love can start today. Give us a call at 406-494-7050 or visit our website at LonePeakPT.com to speak to an expert now. Lockmer Plumbing is more than Butte's complete union plumbing shop. Whether it is sponsoring Little League Baseball, High School Athletics, Montana Tech, Youth Racing, 4-H, Mining City Christmas, Action Inc.'s Homeless Solution Program, Head Start, or Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Butte, Lockmer Plumbing is always looking out for the people of the mining city. Owned and operated by Troy and Amy Lockmer since 2002, Lockmer Plumbing can handle all your residential, commercial, and industrial plumbing needs as well as making repairs and installations on all plumbing and boiler systems. In the heart of Uptown Butte, Lockmer Plumbing can also assist on new construction and planning for your new home or development. Call 406-782-2224 or visit LockmerPlumbing.com today. Lockmer Plumbing has your pipes covered and so much more. Oh look, there's another one. Your favorite tavern, neighborhood gas station, and video stores have all been turned into the same thing, a casino. At Crazy Carol's, we've been doing things the right way for more than three decades. So let me introduce myself. I'm Deb Dinius, the manager of Crazy Carol's Casino Meal Bar, where you'll always find fun in motion and service that sets us apart. Take a trip off the beaten path. Come on over to the hood. We're located on the corner of Walnut and Hayes, where you'll find the big red barn just off the shores of beautiful Lake Burke. And don't forget, Bucko the Horse is available for photos. At Crazy Carol's Casino and Mill Bar, we're still so grievous after all these years. Thank you, Butte. Everybody knows the place to go. Crazy Carol's. 
casino in Milbar. You already know about the Knights of Columbus Athletic Club, which is the best workout bargain in town. But did you know the KC also is home to JoyFit 406? JoyFit 406 is Butte's only boutique fitness studio offering indoor cycling as well as a rich variety of other fitness classes from dance fitness and bar to Pilates, strength and conditioning, and flow. Regardless of your fitness level, JoyFit 406 fosters a spirit of inclusion and community. At JoyFit 406, they believe in more than just fitness. They believe in building connections and friendship that last a lifetime. Join their vibrant community today where health, happiness, and camaraderie come together in perfect harmony. Your journey to a stronger, more joyful you starts at JoyFit 406. To book a class or to get more information, visit JoyFit406.com, like JoyFit406 on social media, and download the JoyFit406 app. Also, don't forget to book the renovated Knights of Columbus Hall for your party or reception today. The Knights of Columbus is a proud sponsor of the Buttecast. Did your dad ever read anything that you wrote? My dad, uh, from the time I was little. It was yeah. funny, I was, I was doing some remodeling in my kitchen just uh, recently. This is my big exciting uh, project for the fall. Yeah. And it's pretty much done now, so I go, okay, not doing any projects until after the holidays, that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, while I was, I was cleaning up some old books of recipes, I found a... A letter that um, my my mom and dad had sent to my grandma. I guess she was staying with my other grandparents in Polson, mm -hmm. and um, it said in there, Dad. Dad said, "Well, uh, I had written something on Robin's magic slate, and then she <laughs> she uh, erased it, and then she wrote it. You know, it's like Robin has a fat dog, and then she erased it, and she wrote Robin has a fat dog, and he goes pretty good for a three year old, you know." <laughs> I'm like, oh my God! That's awesome. <laughs> so, I don't know, but yeah, my I used to write stories, and my dad would read them, and uh, I remember that growing up. And he used to he used to read stuff to us all the time, yeah. Robin Hood, and uh, you know Tom Sawyer, all all sorts of those classic books. Oh, really? He'd, he'd yeah. read the actual books. He'd, to you, he'd huh? read these actual books to us, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a thing of the past, isn't it? Reading books oh, out, reading out loud books yeah, for your kids. Yeah, reading out loud to your kids. Yeah, but he did it, and I'm glad that we had that time to do that, too. Yeah, probably great memories to look great back Great memories, on. great memories. Yeah. How long did your dad live? When, till? Um, He passed away in 1995. Okay. So he's he's been gone for a while, and then my, my mom passed away this summer, but she was 102. She would have been 103 this run, October. Huh? So she had a long life, and oh my gosh, she taught thousands of kids. Whether she taught them voice lessons or violin or cello or whatever, because she, she was the traveling music teacher in Butte back yeah. in the early 70s. And she had a little old Toyota Corolla, and this is before Toyota got to be, you know, a more common car in the United States. And they did not apparently know how to put a heater in a car back then. <laughs> her, her little Toyota was the coldest car right. I have ever been in. And how she got up and down the hills of Butte, because she had to go to the Blaine and all, yeah. all those schools way up on the hill back in those days. But she'd travel around to the various schools and give, give these you know violin and cello lessons all over town. Right. And then she had like a kind of an all-city orchestra and then she developed an honor orchestra for the better students who'd been playing for a while. And they, um, they met down at the Webster Garfield. She probably had about 40 kids in that. 
and uh, I played piano for her honor orchestra for a while while I was in high school. Yeah. So that that was kind of fun. Do you still play at all? Um, I still, from time to time, I'll play piano or I'll uh, still get my violin out once in a while. Really? St. Patty's Day. A couple of years ago, I went down and played at one of the nursing homes and had a blast. Oh, really? Just had a blast. It's like, well, what other old fiddle tunes do I know? Well, that's awesome. I <laughs> yeah. bet you they love that, too. Oh, yeah. They loved it. They loved it. They got a kick out of it. So I, I should look into seeing whether I can do that another St. Patty's Day. Yeah. What, what's your go-to songs when you break out the piano and the... Break out the yeah. piano oh because uh, you don't really break out the, the piano you sit down yeah, on the piano you, you break to out sit the, down violin. the piano i kind of the, the, the violin I'll, I'll play things like you know turkey in the straw and danny boy and oh yeah uh the the irish washerwoman i love to play those yeah. those old fast ones you yeah. know just kind of a fiddle tune like that that's awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I could read the classical music or not on the fiddle anymore. Yeah. Do you, do you play the classical on the piano then? Uh, I, I can read music, but, you know, usually old pop stuff from the 30s and 40s. That's what oh, really? I really enjoy playing, yeah. Go back to that, huh? 30s yeah. and 40s? Yeah. I'd love to be able to play the piano. I'd never, I don't know, I, I couldn't play anything. I've never done anything in my life music-wise <laughs> other than listen to it. <laughs> Yeah, I love listening to music, but I'd well, love to be I able love to, play to listen to it too. Yeah, because like Billy Joel's my all-time favorite. Oh, he, he's wonderful musician. And some of the stuff he plays, like even the songs, like he's got where he doesn't sing at all; it's just instrumental. Yeah, and the playing, and you just hear how much one hand's doing so much different than the other hand. Oh yeah, you know, that's like a juggling act. Oh yeah, to be yeah. able to do that, to play that fast and that good, I couldn't imagine being able to do that well i'm not very fast or very good i yeah. i am not that good at pianos but i enjoy it you know play for my own enjoyment yeah was your husband a musician too he was very musical he he had a great singing voice and uh he played the harmonica of all things he yeah. was really good on that and then he'd just do a little percussion and stuff so he and i were in a, a band called jamboni for a while and uh, then he also was a kind of an honorary member of an, another band that we had years before that, like back in the 80s, called the White Folks on Vacation. <laughs> that was funny. It was just a couple of us, and we'd just play nothing but old folk songs, and um, our guitarists liked to do like Poncho and Lefty and some of those, those really kind yeah. of old country ballads and stuff. But we had a lot of fun, and we'd, we'd play it. Places like the, uh, oh, what's that bar in um, Phillipsburg? It was like the White Front or something. Oh, I know <laughs> what you mean, yeah. <laughs> We'd play in places like that, so yeah. that was a lot of fun. Is that how you guys met? My, my husband and I, no. Of all things, uh, we, we were partying one um, Halloween down at the Silver Dollar. Oh, really? And uh, just, we were dancing, and we got to talking, and we went to breakfast, and geez whiz, you know, then it, it was like, love at first sight or something really? so well, he we was such to, a nice man we got together very soon yeah. after that really yeah yeah he was a good guy i talked to him several times yeah just such a nice guy he was wonderful well he spent 22 years in the u.s navy and went all over the world twice yeah he was in vietnam and he was in the first gulf war so he got to well, see was, a lot of. He was in that long that a, he was in a lot of action. Those two, huh? Yeah, got to got to go all over the world. But his favorite place, other than Butte, was the Philippines. He loved he loved oh, really? the Philippines. He had a lot of 
stories I, I couldn't even hope to tell you about the Philippines. Yeah. <laughs> but he did have a lot of fun over there. Was he a Butte guy? Yeah, Butte guy. He was born and you know born and raised here. Went to he went to Saint uh, Saint Joe's, I think, and uh, then he um, he ended up somehow getting over into Emerson. Oh, really? I don't know. Maybe he was at Saint John's, but he he ended up transferring over to Emerson because he just didn't like the the Catholic schools. Yeah. And then he went to Butte High, and as soon as he got out of Butte High, he went in the Navy. So really? what year did he graduate from Butte High? I think 64. Okay, so he's he a little 64. bit older than you. He was a little older yeah. than I was, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what a great, what a long career, huh, to be yeah. in the Navy for but He had a great career. And he, he really got a kick out of his, his life after the Navy, so that, that was good. Really? Yeah. And you guys, we, so you guys were together for a while then? Oh, yeah. We were together for about 20 27 or 28 years yeah yeah and he did he work at the weekly with you too he he did because he for, for you while. owned it for a little yeah brief, for, for, the, after, for the brief time the brief time that, that we owned it yeah yeah that must have been a lot of work oh it's it's terrible i don't i don't like to be the owner of anything after, <laughs> after the bar and the newspaper i said that's it no more no yeah. more enterprises for me i'll work for somebody else or or do nothing be yeah. retired do you like Working for the weekly though, I, I still enjoy. I I love you know, listening to what's going on in, um, you know our our government. I I get real passionate about beauty issues and stuff. And sometimes it's hard to be the be the newspaper person and you know just just tell what happened, yeah. just lay out what happened. But you might feel you know a whole lot a whole lot more about some of these subjects. You know art. Our environment—that's a big one. Our right. our economy. I feel bad every time a business closes here in Butte, and I'm overjoyed every time something new comes into Butte. Yeah. It's it's that kind of a deal. Yeah, it's kind of hard when you're writing. Sometimes you got to write bad news, you know, and yeah. it's no fun, you know. Oh and, gosh, yeah. Other times you you got to try to yeah you got to keep your and opinion out of it sometimes too. Yeah. It's hard to do. It's hard even when it's a good story, you know. You yeah. go well, such and such is they're, they're gonna they're gonna build a big plant out there at the Tiffin, and it's like, yeah. oh my God, I'm so excited, you know. Yeah. And you have to, no, just just you know keep it keep it factual. You can't yeah. show how exciting it is for Butte. Yeah. Well, I think the good thing, one of the great things about the weekly is that. It's still, you can still see Rick Foote's foot fingerprints all over it. Oh yeah, you know because the way the way it's run, even though he's been you know hasn't been there in a while, but it's still such an important important thing. You know, you know especially with the daily newspaper, you know you know Lee Enterprises is getting well, smaller and smaller every day, and people keep oh I didn't see that in the paper, so well you should grab the weekly because all that stuff's in the weekly. You well, guys do a great job of informing we, people. We try to we try to keep some local stuff going in there yeah. and, and some local columnists were, were blessed with you know folks who are willing to to write for us for for free and nothing yeah because we'd, we'd sure have some trouble if we didn't but uh yeah and and we complain because the printing costs have gone up so much you know with covid oh, and really? everything prices just uh have gotten crazy and and that's part of the reason that we're we're smaller than we used to be and fewer pages it's it's just a matter of you know being a free paper and being economically able to do it but um you know we we try and try and get the main stuff that's going on and 
that's about what we got room for. Yeah. All the news that's fit to print all, is all the All the news say. that fits, we print. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's a little smaller. But, yeah, the, the price of everything has gone up. And, and what do you guys have to – is it still printed in Livingston? Is that where – I think we're still printed in Livingston, yeah. yeah. So you have to put it all together. So what your deadline for – it comes out on Wednesday. It, it comes out on Wednesday, but you we – You go to bed, like, Monday night? Yeah, Monday night. I, I go through, and we have to make any changes, proof, and make, make sure we got it as – close to close to everything right as possible and then it goes off to the printer and then they um they used to bring it in um to uh, bring it into linda every week but now they actually ship it to us through the mail of all things oh really so she she gets it on uh wednesday and then her her son um delivers on wednesday evening usually so sometimes it might be a little later yeah well, you got your, you're at the mercy of the mail sometimes. We're at the mercy of the mail sometimes. So. Yeah. And, but, but we've gone through, through a couple of different printers and stuff, and it's, it's been tough. Yeah, and that is a fun but, process, putting a paper together, though, isn't it? I mean, it's, oh, yeah. it's not easy. But, uh, you know, while we're at the daily newspaper, same thing. Of course, you have the resource, like I say, you have the AP to fill right. up. You know, just, it's just all the stuff's just right there for you. You can grab it and, you know, which... Unfortunately, we see a lot of times in our local papers, there's too much of the canned stuff Sometimes and not enough. Sometimes there's too much of the canned yeah. stuff, and you go, I already heard that on the radio, or yeah. I already saw it on TV, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so you like the, the good local news, but Bruce Saylor used to always say, we show up with the raw material, and you leave with the finished product. Right. And there's not a lot of industries that you do that in one day. No, but, and, no. But the weekly, of course, it's over a, it's a, over couple, a couple of days. Yeah. yeah, you know, you're doing it putting stuff together but it's such a such a rewarding thing I used, there's nothing i like better than going down when the press was rolling and grabbing a few papers off the press fun to fun you to know. go and get them when they're first off the press yeah, that's and then, true and then bring them down bring a stack down to maloney's oh yeah you know and everybody uh everyone would grab one there i don't i don't think that the bosses wanted us to do that but we did it anyway no when <laughs> Yeah, when, when my husband and I um, had the Butte Weekly, we used to have to do deliveries, and that, that was part of the fun part was, you know, picking up the paper and then taking it out and delivering yeah. it. And some of the places, like, I mean, some of the, some of the nursing homes and stuff, it was great because there would actually be some folks that would wait for us. Oh, really? You know, they'd, they'd go, well, you guys are late today. <laughs> Well, so I, that was kind of fun. Yeah, and I, I can't believe the amount of people that know me as just being the guy from the Beat Weekly. Yeah, it's, you know, I'll it's get people amazing. call me. Can you get me this from the Weekly? I'm sorry, I don't even know where to pick one up right now. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> it's tough. But uh, you know, and uh, you know, I don't know where to like, get old. Can you give me a copy from like, like you know three months ago? I'm like, I don't. I'll call Linda and ask her. <laughs> call but, Linda. But I, I don't know where they, where where they'd be. But yet the amount of people that that know me from that, which. Mm-hmm. It kind of kept my name relevant for the last 12 years or so. Oh, yeah. You know, after I left the Montana Standard because well, now they you still got see you there. The podcast, and this is yeah. probably going to be like the longest interview no, you've ever no, had. No, I've had, I've had Bonesy Thatcher <laughs> and Bill Anderson. Oh, okay, we, yeah. I sat here with Bill Anderson. Uh, you know, Bill, he talks. Oh, gosh, takes yeah. Very, that's why I joke with him. It, he can turn a 10-second thought into a four-minute uh, 
this talk. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and uh, oh, God love him. Bill used to deliver liquor to us over there at uh, at Julian's, and he would come in, and we'd always have to visit. He's such he a was, good guy. He was usually we'd be the last stop on his route, so he could stop and we could actually visit and stuff for a while. Yeah. So well, we were here in the coach's fun. corner, sitting at the same table, and uh, Dave Andrews kept walking in, kind of looking at his watch because they had a big gathering coming later that day oh boy you know and it was we were running up against time and i got bill let's wrap this up bill <laughs> we got to finish finish this story let's write yeah and he kept going back and forth it was but it was it was wonderful you know because he's uh it takes him a while to get to the point but the point is always good he's always got a good point yeah. and talk about you know we talk about people who love butte and who have a great heart for butte yeah. there's a guy who really truly has a great heart for butte without question yeah just a nice guy hey butte america jeremiah shields here at lescovar honda we got some winter specials designed to keep your vehicle clean and looking sharp if you're in need of a new windshield let us take care of you and we will take 60 dollars off of your next full detail short on funds no worries we've got flexible financing terms for just about everybody also we are offering free windshield chip repair and headlight restoration with the purchase of a full detail Remember, we offer pickup and delivery service as well at no cost. Because here at Lescovar Honda, we got you. This message is brought to you by Anode Designs here in Anaconda. Hi, this is Blake, sports broadcasting legend and Golden Tee Golf semi-professional. During my time as a world-renowned sports broadcaster, covering all 12,348 Montana schools over my 21 years on the job, I've seen and heard it all. But nothing compares to the ButteCast. Don't take it from me. Take it from a formerly employed disc jockey turned shrewd corporate shill. Tell you all about it. Hi, Paul Panisco here. Over my time in broadcasting, Blake is easily in the top 120 broadcasters I've ever heard call a high school volleyball match before. And forget about being the best voice ever in Anaconda High School streaming service history. He's also his family's all-you-can-eat buffet eating champion. Ha <laughs> ha! Embellishment is the word of the day, kids. And there's nobody who embellishes facts and figures quite like our boy Billy here on the ButteCast. Mr. Foley is doing a fine job letting all of us outsiders learn about the trials and tribulations of the second or third greatest city here in Montana. Our baby brother Butte. And because he's doing such a fine job, let us tell you of another who does fine work in your fair city. John and company at 5518 and Big City in Uptown Butte. They can customize any wearable garments you can imagine, except the thongs and unmentionables Billy wears. That's all us here at Anode Designs. If your company is needing embroidery in a jiffy, call on us here at Anode Designs. We know you can't get it in a week anywhere else, but we can. And all jokes aside, cue your Bears and Red Sox takes. That's no embellishment. And that's what I love about this podcast is getting to talk to people like that, you know, Bill. Oh, yeah. And, and to talk to you. I've never had a chance to sit down and talk no, to you for an hour never, before. We've never got to talk no, that long. We email you know, a back lot. Back and forth yeah. on email. Yeah, and we talked a little bit uh, a couple weeks ago on the phone, but sure. just not that much. And I think I think the 12, 13-year-old me would be going beside himself oh, like, i gotta be, sit i gotta sit down at the, across the table from and, robin taylor from wine yeah and back in those <laughs> days i would have had to give you like a can of frito-lay bean dip because we used to give that away on that dedication hour all yeah. the time yeah i remember that there was there was one kid's mom who called me 
at the radio station. He said, please don't give Mike any more bean dip. <laughs> We've got about 20 cans of bean dip sitting here in my kitchen. <laughs> so That's great. And we those, thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah, that one kid, he, he calls in every day and wins the bean dip. Yeah. And those request shows were great. Uh, copper still does that. They have the copper oh, they, lunch hour. They still do it, huh? Yeah, I, Scooter, I guess I, I haven't listened to that one, but that's great. Yeah, they they still do it, and I I, I love I love local radio. You know, oh yeah, I flip the channels around. I you know Dave, and of course I listen to Maverick and KBOW. Sure. And, and I, I try to catch Tommy O as much as I can. Oh yeah, Tommy. you must have worked with Tommy. Yeah, and he's another great guy. There's yeah. a talented guy for you. Yeah, and he's he's doing a couple uh, Grizz games. He was doing volleyball. Oh, uh, fantastic! Because he's as good a public address announcer as I've ever seen. Oh yeah, you know he yeah. could be doing he could be doing professional games. Yeah, he does so a great job at him. that. And he's funny on the radio too. Yeah, he's just a good guy. Yeah, so look at the look at the characters you got to work with. Oh in the Jesus, radio. and Pat Carney. Oh yeah, you work oh, with PK too. Yeah, huh? yeah. Actually, the first time I worked with him, he was I, I did an internship over at uh, KXLF TV, and he was he was. The big news guy back yeah, in those was, days, and he was the star of the town. Yeah, he was he was kind of the star of the town. So he gave me some of his his wisdom back then. Yeah, but you know what a great guy. Yeah, he's one of my all time favorites. We used to always joke because remember Kermit the Frog was always the the announcer. Yeah, and we all and he kind of sounded a little like when he get excited. He yeah. had a little Kermit the Frog going for him and during during <laughs> broadcast, you know. <laughs> so we we would we would always uh, joke about that, but. Such a passionate guy. We we used to love when when our our Butte team was doing well and Pat's voice would get higher and higher yeah. and higher. He was just he would get so excited, but man, he made it just like you were sitting right there in the stadium yeah. with him. Yeah, he was so good. And uh, a couple of my favorite Pat Carney stories is the one where he was at the, with the Ancient Order Hibernians. And the uh -huh. Anaconda bagpipers were set to go number one in the parade. And the Butte Ancient Order Hibernians were going number two. And Pat's like, no, let them, let them cover that, or let them lead the Anaconda parade. And at the beginning of the parade's going, he goes out around, and they passed the other group in the parade. They passed them in the parade. <laughs> yeah. He let he let it, so they passed them, so the Butte guys were leading the parade. Yeah, yeah. And it was beautiful. And then... Uh, the last time I saw him was the night uh, I was working at uh, for Butte Sports, and usually I worked from home, but my internet wasn't working. Mm -hmm. So I went down to the radio station. I was sitting there, and I was listening to him. Bruce Saylor was covering the Butte Central game, and I took pictures of it earlier. Uh -huh. And I was down putting the pictures ready and, and getting you know putting all this you know different games we had that day going on. Sure. And he was going on. The Montana Standard didn't have a reporter there, and it, he was going on that. Uh, for the first time in my lifetime, the Montana Standard does not have a sports writer at a high school football game in town. And he was just going on. He goes, oh, luckily yeah. we have ButteSports.com with Bill Foley and Bruce Saylor still <laughs> doing a good job writing story. And then Pat Ryan, he, he kept, and it was like a nonstop commercial for ButteSports.com. Oh, that's wonderful. And because he was so pissed at the Standard. Yeah. And I was sitting in the back room at KBOW, it was my little office, and he walks in the door that later that night to put his gear away. And he walks in, he looks, turns to me, sets his gear down, and he's just smiling. Did you hear me? Did, Did you hear me? me? <laughs> Did you hear me? I heard you, Pat. Yeah. It was beautiful. And unfortunately, he passed away like oh. a week or, it might have even, I think it was a week or two after that. Yeah. You know? And yeah. that was, but that was the last a, time I talked to what him. What a loss, because what a great guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. We all love Pat. Yeah. And he just a, just a fiery guy, passionate guy. 
Don Peoples always said he wasn't always he wasn't always right, but he was never in doubt. <laughs> he was never in doubt. <laughs> but yeah, what, I, I even got in in his his book on the Columbia Gardens. There's actually you? a picture of me and my mom with these ridiculous petal hats on. We must have had our hair in curlers or something. But oh, yeah, that yeah. that that picture is in his his uh, Columbia Gardens book. Wasn't pink hair though. No, it wasn't pink hair. It was just a, some kind of a crazy pedal hat, I think they called them. They were yeah. to cover your curlers. So yeah. I don't know where we were going that was more important than going to the gardens that day. <laughs> but we must have had to go to something that night. Well, I'll have to go pick up that book now. You'll I didn't know you were in there. Look in, look in the back, and you'll see two ladies in sunglasses. And, you know, I, I was a little kid. But I'm, I'm there with my mom. We both got sunglasses and these ridiculous hats on <laughs> to cover our curlers. That's awesome. So, so what's oh, going on geez. now, though? You, how long do you figure you're going to just keep working at the weekly? You, just just something keep, you love? I, I, love, I love doing the work. I love, I love writing, you know, and, and love doing the stuff, going through the columnists and visiting with folks and doing the interviews from time to time, going yeah. to council meetings or, or listening to them all over the internet mostly. Do you watch mostly. them on? Do you watch I them mostly on? watch them over the internet. Yeah. That's a, that's a reality show there, isn't it, sometimes? Uh, sometimes it's, well, sometimes I'll go, doggone it, I should have gone, you know, because something will go wrong with their internet or somebody's not pointing the camera at the presentation. And oh, yeah. It's really frustrating, but. Well, last week there was oh, about well. 25 minutes or so talk about uh, the restrooms. Oh, you know, we have been laughing ourselves silly about that. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. Yeah, I see Jim Fisher getting all mad about the, calling out the, the can't chief wash his hands up on the third floor, you <laughs> well, know. And he's right though. It's pretty. Well, it's it's that's pretty bad. True, the the restrooms are pretty rugged. But when they yeah. dug into that, they found out there's something like 32 restrooms in the courthouse. I had no idea. Yeah, I think they said 38. 38. I, oh I don't my know where, goodness. I, I only know just. Well, on the third floor, yeah, I know those there's, two. There's, yeah, I, I know where they are on the third yeah. floor, and I know where they are on the first floor, and that's all that's I ever... That's a lot of restrooms in yeah, there. Yeah, that's a lot of restrooms. There's lots Everybody's, of jokes there, too, I know. They're, they're, <laughs> every little office must have had one. Yeah, 30, yeah, yeah that more than 30 in the, in the, in the courthouse. Yeah. On three, but, on the three-story building. <laughs> on the three-story building. <laughs> There's probably but, not 38 restrooms in the Empire State Building. Yeah, but you know, the part of this this whole project with mapping the whole courthouse, it's it's supposed to be part of a larger renovation. They eventually yeah. want to try and fix some other things like that. You know, in the summer, you go up to the third floor to listen to counsel, and it's just hotter than blazes. And yeah. in the winter, it's it's cold up there, and, and people's offices are cold or hot. Depending yeah, it needs on to where be they updated are. So for there's, sure. There's a lot of things that need yeah. to be updated. And the speaker so. for the hallway needs to be functional. They, it doesn't they work need anymore. That functional because you get a big crowd and, and people can't hear what's yeah, going on. It's not it's nearly not. big enough arena when we get, especially when no. we get them all fired up for the Superfund. Oh, gee. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I had no the Dublin Gulch and Centerville crowd was, it was standing room only and yeah, we couldn't hear it. Standing room only and nobody could hear. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, a few of us couldn't hear anyway, but I, I gave up my seat uh, after I spoke and then let someone else sit there while I stood out in the hallway and tried to, yeah. then I ended up being part of the conversation that was disrupting everybody probably. <laughs> well, eventually I'm, I'm hoping they'll, they'll get going on a couple of those restrooms and, you know, get some hot water in there and stuff. We'll just, we'll, we'll hope it'll eventually get done, but Thank some, you. some folks need to make sure that they have their ducks in the row before they 
get in public and speak, I think. Yeah, for sure. Well, Robin, it was great catching up with you and talking. I, I love seeing this picture here of you back in the day there. that was <laughs> With a, my Dorothy Hamill haircut. That was kind of a yeah, Dorothy Hamill. Yeah, it was Hamill, a Dorothy Hamill haircut I had back in high school. That uh, was the thing. Yeah, I imagine a lot of girls had that oh, same. Yeah, a lot of girls had that same haircut. Yeah, and you've had long hair for as long as I can remember I seeing you. I've had it since, I think, the 90s at least. Really? Yeah. Yeah. See, it was hard. It was kind of funny picturing you like that, you know, but... Of course, I can see a Jew yeah. for sure, but uh, that was pretty funny. I'm glad I found that. I just, <laughs> that's it, pretty funny. That's why I love having newspapers.com so I can dig up some some stuff like that. Yeah, that's probably and, my and the, and senior the letter, picture from high school. And then the letter you wrote about it responding to a Mr. or Dr. Joseph Martin Quesada. Quesada. Well, I think this he must, is... Yeah, he must not have liked is, uh, rock music. This must have been back in the days. You remember when Tipper... Tipper was it Tipper Tipper Gore? Tipper or something? Gore, yeah, they had and the she, they had the 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 organization against uh, certain kinds of rock music yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I she think did it was. That. I think that letter was from that era. Yeah, that era. Yeah, music's talking about uh, different things that yeah the, the ill effects of music. Yeah, the ill effects which, of music. Oh, they, it's like, yeah, video games, too many guns, MTV. Yeah, yeah they want to blame everything on it? the issue that's. That's causing things. You yeah, that which, which issue is causing? Oh, it's the it's, it's the, the internet. It's the music. It's the yeah. TikTok. It's whatever. You know, it's yeah. like that's the the parents need to be parents. You know, yeah. and that's probably as old as time. That blaming the music. Oh yeah, I remember the Beatles were supposedly bad. The Beatles were. People, it, you know? I remember back when the Beatles came out and and people were like, oh, that's horrible devil music. You know, yeah. and went rock and roll, Elvis Presley, devil music. Yeah. You know. And then back, I, I guess, when, when, you know, jazz and swing and things like that, that was all devil music, too. Yeah. It's funny how that works like yeah. that. It's, it's a generation thing. Yeah. And this, was, this came out probably right around the same time that, uh, oh, what was the name of the Footloose? Footloose, Remember the movie yeah. Footloose when they wouldn't play, let them play music, wouldn't, <laughs> couldn't dance. And they just, couldn't dance at, couldn't the, listen to music. at the school prom and stuff. Yeah, with... Uh, yeah, so that was that must because I think that was about eighty five, eighty five. Would have been about eighty five. And this was this, and this letter came out on January or December twentieth, nineteen eighty five, which was a big day in Butte because that's when the Lady of the Rockies was finally put into place. That was a cool. We were talking about that yeah. earlier before we we started recording and, and talking about. I I was standing out in the parking lot out at KBOW watching that all happen. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I was supposed to be at work that day, but I took lots of breaks so I could get out there and watch the helicopters carry the various pieces up the hill. Yeah, and Connie, were you working with Connie Kenny Connie then? Connie Kenny was there, That's yeah. another great oh, gosh. character. She's, she was an icon. She was so wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and she was up. She was in the helicopter. She was, yeah. She was time. broadcasting at times from that helicopter. Yeah, she's braver than I. But she would catch me up in a helicopter. I'm <laughs> no scared to death. Of Especially stuff when like it's that. pulling something really heavy well, and, yeah. and the wind. Well, yeah, you're out there in the wind and these things. It's the always piece windy with up the arms there too. Was swinging around. Yeah, in remember a that? They had a they had a board. Oh my and go back, gosh! Bring it back down. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The hands, because the hand hit and like broke the hand. The, the one hand got broke. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to bring it back down mm -hmm. and, and uh, abort the mission that day. Oh yeah. I, they may may have been. They might have brought it up later that day. I can't. Yeah, remember. I I don't know if Connie was on that helicopter oh. ride or not. But yeah, because I think she she alternated with she, being on the mountain and being on the yeah, helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't remember where she was at that day. 
Yeah, I think she was in the copter when the when the head was placed on, and she said, "Our Lady is." Yeah, our she lady was, is home on the rock or something. She I she talked about last, it on a podcast I had with her. Just not that. I long think the last passed. the last ride. Yeah, yeah she yeah. was she was on that one where they put the head. Up. And you so you were working the the so, board then. So I I must have been work either working the board or doing production or something. Yeah. I I was down there at the at the station that at what that a, time. Yeah, and Ron Davis. She had to work with Ron Davis then too. Yeah, and, and Ron. Oh my gosh, and and we're still friends, and I I laugh because. He tells me, you know, we can't we can't get anybody to, to, you know, can't get kids to come down and run the boards for the ball game. And I'm like, you know, all the kids at KMS and wanted that job back when we applied. Yeah. Now they have a heck of a time getting yeah, people. Yeah. Now now he has a heck of a time getting people. I yeah. felt like saying, gee, you know, if you get in a bind, I I could still run. A, I bet you <laughs> I could still run the board good enough to do a game like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they pay a lot better now probably than they it did. It probably <laughs> pays better than it did back then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is that's a, it's a great job. You could sit there and Oh yeah. Well like I said, I I got a lot of homework done. I was going to, to tech for, for that time and, and I could still work on homework, maybe get a little reading in between, you know, as long as you were listening for and we'll be back after yeah. this you two didn't minute actually listen time to the, out. You just, that's what you listen to. You so, didn't listen to the actual uh, game. You just a lot of times the, I wasn't listening to the actual game because I'd have something I had to get read for Monday or something. Yeah, you know? that's awesome. Yeah, but and I the, did a lot of doodling, too. If I didn't have homework, I'd sit there and doodle during the yeah. game. Well, I, I'm glad your friend thought that there'd be some cute boys at uh, KMSM yeah. because I, I can't imagine not having <laughs> your voice. Years. You know, because a lot, large part of my life is was... You were in the background narrating, you know, because we always had K- Y95 on. Or, Y95 you know, or So I've or known your name forever, yeah. Yeah. But, well, again, well, Robin, it's, it's been awesome. a lot of fun. It, and, geez, I'm glad we did this, Bill. Yeah, maybe we'll have to do it one more time down the road. <laughs> we'll do one down the road. We'll <laughs> try and come up with some more memories.